So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 5 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Muhammad has to fend for himself for breakfast, Umi, or rather, Shida, meets Bilal's kids, Ari and Biniam get to the States and an apartment they can't afford, Guillermo meets Kara's intimidating family, and we meet Tice and her angry, crying dad, and Kobe has some opinions on how Emily and her family are handling things. As always, we'll end with our Student of the Week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you're here, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Our Love After Lockup podcast is on hiatus until the show returns later this summer. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I went to a you know, wedding this weekend, and so I'm kind of still recovering from that. And also, you know, like being reminded that there's actually functional couples out there that have like actual <laughs> good love lives that aren't just garbage pieces of trash things. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Love can be nice. I see it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. So um, we are planning on releasing this a little bit later than usual. Uh, we promise it will get better from here on out. I will no longer be teaching a Monday class forever. I think I can commit to never teaching a Monday class again. So we will not run into this uh, frantic, you know, some days we got stuff going on. So I'm very thankful my semester is over. We can return to normalcy, including consistent release dates uh, Mondays. (laughs) Right. All right. So Mr. O and I were talking, we're starting to get into it before we were recording and we already know our most controversial couple. And I think it's even going to be controversial how we talk about it because of our thoughts on it. I think it might be a generational thing a little bit, but we'll get into it. Uh, Let's start off talking about Emily and Kobe. So everyone's getting cozy by the fire when Emily has to take a moment to pump. Kobe's a little disturbed that Emily is making no attempt to cover herself when her parents are in the same room, but they're just minding their own business. Emily says that they have seen her pump a lot in the last 17 months, and it's just no big deal. Kobe thinks that just because they haven't said anything to her doesn't make it right. Kobe thinks that she should seek a little bit of privacy, probably like in the basement. Emily had a hard time producing milk at the beginning, so she says that she's very proud that she can produce now, and she doesn't feel like she should be ashamed about it and hide in the basement. Kobe asks if she would still do it if other friends were over, and Emily gets a bit defensive and doesn't exactly answer. Kobe supports the breastfeeding, but thinks that she should just try doing the whole privacy thing. Kobe says in Africa, moms are more discreet. Emily claims that her parents don't care and her dad is awkwardly in the room and then jumps in to defend Emily. Kobe says his sister stopped breastfeeding after seven months and he thinks it's time for Coben to be weaned. Emily thinks it's bonding for her and she's just not gonna stop it just because Kobe is here. Emily and her dad, David, say that, you know, breastfeeding isn't viewed the same in America that it is in Africa and they agree that the longer the better for breastfeeding. David was kind of surprised to hear that it's not the same everywhere else. Kobe then confides in us that he likes to suck Emily's breasts and he doesn't want to be sharing his breasts with uh, or her breasts with his son. 
Emily thinks that they should have more arguments in the 90 days to get it out in the open, but she didn't like that this was on day one and in front of her parents. Emily tries to get rid of Kobe by telling him to go help her mom in the kitchen, and Kobe voices his concerns of her being disrespectful and, like, disregarding his feelings as Emily is clearly losing her patience for this conversation. David tries to help Emily by also encouraging Kobe to help mom in the kitchen. Kobe then, in a hushed voice, tries to tell Emily that she can't just order him around like that. Emily then asks him differently, and Kobe goes to the kitchen. Emily thinks that Kobe has changed since China. Chinese Kobe would have just been laid back and never spoken to her like that. Lisa, Emily's mom, didn't get involved, and she thinks it's weird that they fought on the first day. Emily's grandma arrives later, and David tries to hand Coben off to Kobe for a diaper change, but Coben is not about it. Kobe is determined to help build a bond with his son. He says that he didn't grow up with his dad because he was the result of an affair, so he grew up with his mom, and he didn't have a dad really in his life, so he really wants to have this father-son bond because of that. Kobe is telling the story of their engagement at dinner as Coben is breastfeeding in front of everyone, and Kobe doesn't say anything about it then. David's now now says he, he's concerned because it doesn't seem like Kobe has a plan to provide, and he tells him that they will always be able to provide for them. Emily is getting annoyed that Kobe's presence is more of a hindrance than a help with Coben at this point. So later when they're trying to get to bed, uh, they're both trying to get Coben uh, to bed, but Kobe is riling Coben up. Emily is nursing Coben as they are getting ready for bed, and she's starting to feel, as she puts it, claustrophobic, and Emily feels that there isn't enough space in bed. Emily points out that there's another bed for Kobe, so she essentially just kicks him out because Coben is just being super squirmy. Kobe is frustrated because he asked her to get a bigger bed before he got there, and now he feels that he's the one being left out, and he just wants to be there with Coben. All right, so a couple interesting, I would say, I don't want to say it's controversial, but clearly people have their different camps and philosophies when it comes to child raising. And so two big ones that kind of came out in this, and that has to do with breastfeeding openly, which I think is not so much child raising so much it's like, uh, I guess censorship of women and like the free the nipple movement and stuff (laughs) and then the other thing that was uh you know in here was the whole co-sleeping thing because i think people have very mixed uh, like i said they're clearly in separate camps so we will Mm -hmm. preface this before by acknowledging that our views may not be your views We are all entitled to our own opinions. I will also point out that I don't pretend to be an expert. I am not a mother. I've never raised children. Mr. O has raised two children. Uh, But I also feel like it's a generational thing. Like even, you know, how we were raised. Like I know I was a formula baby. So, you know, I was not breastfed really at all. I would probably venture to say. No, and I was. I was. Also a formula baby, but it was mm. also similar because it goes to, and that's I was um it, it, my, it wasn't for lack of trying for my mom, and right. so that's why a lot of times you know it's not just my mom I, I know I've known multiple women who have had trouble where they just they just couldn't breastfeed you know they sure. tried and they you know got to the point where they were like just and that's kind of where I'm at with breastfeeding sometimes is sometimes some of the more militant and aggressive you know breast is best people. Mm-hmm. Are just so like there's just this culture of you're a bad mom if you don't. Yes, 
And that's what my sister said was one of the most difficult things and and quite honestly, why she breastfed as long as she did. I mean, she was probably pumping close to two years, I'd say. Um, she wasn't, uh, you know, direct breastfeeding, but she definitely pumped um, for up mm-hmm. to I, I think my niece was close to two years. And part of it is she told me, she said, honestly, there is this culture going around right now where it definitely is like you're getting mom shame. Like you're a yes. bad mom for not yes. breastfeeding, and for you know the pe- people I knew that were like, you know, just pu- almost put themselves into depression because yeah. they just couldn't do it, and then right. it eventually was like, you know, what's worse for the baby than formula? Having a mom who's suffering from depression because she feels so much pressure to do this thing, and that, that kind of definitely hit me when you know she talked about how much of a struggle it was for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily did in the show, and I was like, okay. Good. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I was kind of like – she was definitely shading c- close to, well, you just – you could have tried harder. You could have done more. You could have just mm-hmm. powered through it and done been like me and look how proud I am of what I do. And right. that was – so, I mean, obviously, this was 100 percent – and I won't, won't even say it's all the way editing, but it was definitely edited to make Kobe look as bad as possible in terms of just yeah. not being on the – um. And, you know, I don't like the, the word PC or whatever, but like on the the cultural norms of where we right. are right now in terms of – it's a shifting cultural norm with, with age. I think so too because like I mean I point out to people it's like okay well we're still alive and healthy and here and we're like there's a lot of people from our generation that were formula babies. Mm-hmm. Oh absolutely. Quite honestly and so it's kind of like yeah I mean is it better I'm sure it is. I mean, the uh, research and, you know, everything tells us that it is better. I'm I'm not saying it isn't. But is your child going to die or mm. suffer, like, lifelong complications? Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Which right. is – but, I mean, we weren't even getting at the formula. I mean, formula wasn't even a part of this conversation, right? No. This was definitely – well, it was, like, such a tiny part of it was uh, Kobe's kind of like, well, you know. Seven months is when my sister stopped breastfeeding. I think it's time. And I mean, it was and I for overall, I thought he was pretty supportive of her decision to breastfeed. I thought where it very much kind of felt like this was like an agenda, you know, on TLC or Sharp's part was like this whole like free the nipple thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like this is not the first time we've seen cast members make a like kind of a big deal about like my breasts are going to be out when I'm feeding my child. It's not intended to be sexual in nature. I should be able to do this. Yeah. I, and which is fine. And it, it, that is also a difference between, I don't know, because like they do a lot of things that they kick the camera crew out for. Like we see them right. kick the camera crew out for all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. Like before they even get to the heavy petting, they're like, you guys are leaving. Like, yeah. and so, you know, but, but, but this was, this is definitely a person who is like, no, no, I'm going to make it a point of doing that. And, you know, obviously this is Emily's decision 100% on everything. Sure. And it's like one of those things that I, I personally feel like they're with, with, you know, taking out certain extremes, there's not a wrong answer. So I'm not going to sit here and say Emily is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and say other people who choose something different are wrong, right? But man, that just seems to me to be really burdensome to just like every time that kid sees her, he just immediately dives at her boobs. 
And I'm like, oh my God, like, do you yeah. do anything else all day? That just seems like such a burden that right. like would make your life so hard. Well, here's the part that I feel like, um, you know, is like the part that I struggle with. I, I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, mothers like feeling comfortable, like just breastfeeding in public. But the reality, the reality is that it, elicits feelings of discomfort for me i don't want to see that you know and Mm -hmm. so it's like how do you balance that like freedom uh for others without you know like you know imposing yourself onto other people who may not feel the same way yeah and it's it's also an issue of like style like too Mm -hmm. like and maybe it's it's turned but i I just feel like i've you know i've seen many many women breastfeeding in public and some of them Mm -hmm. are you wouldn't know. You'd be like, oh, 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 they're they're feeding, okay. Like, and you would take you a while to even notice. And some of them are just like, no, I'm just gonna like make a big show out of pulling my boob out right now, and like, right. like, and and this, that I kind of feel like that's the way Emily was doing it when she like yeah. she sat down square across from him, and was like, just ripped her shirt open for like boobs. Yeah. Like I was like, I feel like. Maybe that was production. Maybe that was the ploy. Like she did – she was pumping in the least discreet way possible, right? And was he right for saying something? Of course not. Like it's 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 weird the the way he comes – and of course, as the deeper they get and they go into, well, what's really an issue? And he's like, I don't want to share boobs with my son. Well, it's like, well, then yeah, you can just get the fuck that's off. that's what like, I'm kind of like, yeah. all right, let's not <laughs> pretend it's like this other thing when it's really like, no, I want to – that's Those weird. I don't want to – Those are my boobies. Because we could talk about that too, the weaning. And that's another thing that's like, again, I don't like it when people say things like, well, the longer the better. And it's like, okay, well, you know there's a limit to that, right? It's not like you're 21 <laughs> and you're still doing it. People are like, well, it's better if you can keep doing it. It's like there is a certain limit. 17 months is still well within <laughs> this, this right. limit. But there's not – it's not an infinite, longer, better situation. Yeah. Okay. So what were your thoughts on the co-sleeping situation? <sighs> I am not a believer in co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am definitely a, it just, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem safe to me. Like, it, and, and I didn't trust my, I didn't really trust because I couldn't, I don't sleep that much anyway, but uh-huh. I couldn't sleep with a baby in the bed. Like right. I couldn't sleep like at all yeah. because every time I, I move, afraid I'm afraid of crushing it. the baby. I don't, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> like I can't No, And, it, and, and I, it, I mean, for me and my ex, and again, this is another one where I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong. There's certain extreme right. cases. Again, if you're 21 and still sleeping in a bed with your parents, um, <laughs> right? They're obviously extreme and like, man, that's outside of the norm. But for for yeah. most part, if it works for you and your family, works for you and your family. That baby was out of that bed, like that, at all. We never co-slept. Like it was on a bassinet. Babies were both in a bassinet next to the bed, you know, for yeah. easy easy breastfeeding or whatever. You know, and then moved to the crib. And I think it was like four months. It, we were just like, no, you're, we're not coming. You're going to sleep through the night. We're, we're going to come get yeah. you in the morning. So co-sleeping was not – because you also have to go to bed at the same time as the kid. What? No, I'm not doing that. Right. It's Again, it's just so burdensome for you to have to match sleep schedules with a two-year-old. Well, here's the other thing that I wonder a little bit. It's like how much of it is for you and how much is it for your kid? And I think a lot of parents would kind of argue it is for themselves because they don't want to keep on being woken up by their kid. But I kind of wonder a little bit, is it 
really that because what I find really interesting is I just found out that my niece has been co-sleeping with my brother-in-law and uh, this was after, you know, she had been sleeping in her crib by herself. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, pretty much for over a year. And so I don't understand how you revert back to co-sleeping. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, what's going on here? Like, that you go back. Is it really for, you know, the child or is it for you? Yeah. I mean, the back that usually happens because your niece is would probably started about the same age. Once they're old enough and they switch to, like, the toddler bed or something, they can get themselves up. Then, yeah. then they just it get was themselves the up bed and come in. Yeah. 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 And so, so things like that happen, but then it just, to me, it ruins, like, you can just see the dynamic already that it caused. Mm-hmm. Like, are, are Emily and Kobe bonding as, as a father and mother? No. And because as Kobe a couple? Got, no, as a couple? Not. No, because he got kicked out as of the bed. As a family? Is he, no. bo- is he bonding with his son? No, because no, he got kicked out of the bed. Is he bonding yeah. with his son because he's feeding him? No, because she's doing all the feeding. Like, you know, it's like... All we've seen so far is him being rejected from being able to do anything with this kid. Um, yeah. And like that's kind of a bad – that's a bad pattern too. Like he couldn't right. change the kid. He couldn't feed the kid. He couldn't sleep right. with the kid. He couldn't put the kid to bed. Like the way he wanted to put him to bed was wrong. And that's that, – I feel like that was something we were bound to get this season is co- everything Kobe does is wrong and then is like, well, why doesn't he have a better connection to the kid? And it's like, well, because <laughs> you didn't let him do anything because you already had these 17 months to figure out your own routines. Right, right. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, this is our only set of actual parents, but we've got some stepkids. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Um, let's, Couple set of stepkids. Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's start with um, let's start with even Muhammad then. I was somebody stepping into a stepdad role. So mm-hmm. it's now Muhammad's first full day in America. And he's not really used to how quiet it is outside because usually when he wakes up, there's like somebody with a bullhorn selling like tomatoes outside. So this is nice. <laughs> so you talk about how things went their first night and, you know, heavily imply that they had lots of sex, which Muhammad greatly prefers to hugging a pillow in his mom's house. But now it's time for Eve to go to work. And Muhammad is like confused because – he thought when he got to America, he would he was dreaming of her bringing breakfast in bed, a tour of the town on the first day. But, you know, actually, it just more or less sounds like, I thought you'd be taking off work the first day I was here. That's weird. So he tries to make the best of things and he he's trying to, you know, maybe he'll uh, figure out how to put together that bidet. So she shows him the kitchen and he's confused again because she's like, he's like, I don't understand why you're showing me the kitchen because I thought. You were going to cook me food? Again, I'm, I'm really confused why you're not making me food. So she says that he, he really wants a woman that watches his needs, which is, you know, to just notice if he needs something and take care of that. So he doesn't complain yet. He just gets together trying to cook some eggs and struggles to find salt and cheese and manages to get something on his plate, at least with a few hiccups. So then he struggles to figure out how to install this bidet and isn't having much luck and gives up. Um, but before long, Eve brings Theron home. So she's worried about, you know, having her child with special needs is going to affect this relationship and how much Muhammad might be willing to stick this whole thing out. So the first meeting goes very well. They greet with a hug and Theron is just super excited. He calls Muhammad so cool and says this whole situation is so cool. It's it's all great. So as Muhammad is feeling very welcomed at the house at this point. 
But then, and then he actually gives, you know, Theron a box of goodies, some toys that they bought for him. And later it's dinner time. And since this time, you know, Eve did cook for him, we're starting on the right track. <laughs> so even if he does, you know, make sure that Theron tastes the food first, like, that's good, right? I can eat this. Is that going to be poison? <laughs> So they have burgers and after they finish their burger, Eve asks how comfortable Muhammad would be, you know, watching Theron in the afternoons when she – so when, when so that she can work a little bit longer. And these afternoons, you know, sometimes it's an afternoon. Sometimes it could be a longer appointment. It could be end up being like a whole day. So he doesn't – says he doesn't mind helping out. But, you know, this is like not really what he was looking for in America. He's like, I, I'm work. You made me to do work and babysit and yeah, I don't know. So – now we have Muhammad, and I feel like we're definitely going to see the angle that this one's going to take. But how long do you think it's going to take him to actually – because he's only said the, the nasty stuff to us. How long before she starts hearing about these expectations he has? Yeah, I have no idea. He is such a tough nut to crack, I feel like, because what's very interesting to me is – He's constantly smiling when he says everything. Yeah. And I feel like that it, it makes it very hard to read. It's like, what's your level of anger right now? Because you're saying these things that definitely imply that you're unhappy, but you have the biggest grin on your face the entire time you're saying it. So it's like, I don't know how upset you really yeah, are. I'm really disappointed that she did not make me breakfast. It's like creepy yeah. step And while smile. smiling. Yes. Uh, right. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, are you really upset? Because you kind of look like, I don't know, you're kind of happy about it. Yeah, I don't he's really got, know. He's got a little bit of a monotone thing going on where you can't, he just yeah. tends to the same, he's on the same level the whole time. But it also kind of catches, makes you catch you off guard because it's not emotional and it's not like, you know, angry. And you're like, wait, did he just say he wanted someone to think of his needs and take care of them all the time? Is that is that what he expects out of a relationship? Right. So I just – I think he's very difficult to read. I'm – curious to actually see what it really looks like when he's over the top angry um, because he also just comes off as very soft spoken. Right. So it's very hard for me to envision right now him actually yelling. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But something that I just felt like is like, oh, poor Muhammad. And I shouldn't even say poor Muhammad. It's like, come on, Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammad. <laughs> it's like, you need to be way more explicit about what your expectations are. You yeah. can't just have these expectations and just not communicate them, you know? So it's kind of like if you thought, you know, that she should be cooking breakfast for you, maybe you could have hinted the night before. So what are you going to make for breakfast tomorrow, you know? And then probably had this conversation out then. But to kind of just wait until – your needs aren't met or your wants aren't met and then to just be upset about it. It's like, well, Eve probably didn't know that you thought she was going to make her breakfast. Right. But I feel like he's such a mama's boy that he didn't he even is. occur to him that she wouldn't make breakfast. Right. It wasn't even like That's a true. thought. Like it was just like – it would be like if she said, OK, I'm going to sleep on the floor now. And he'd be like, but I thought you were sleeping in the bed. We had to talk about – whether you slept in the bed before, I'm very confused. You know, just something yeah. so out of the ordinary that he would not have expected. That was just, that he was just like, yeah. "Oh wait, you're not making me breakfast? What? Okay, okay." 
because that just seems to be – I mean, he said it the first time and I think they're just you know going to make sure. If he, he slowly meant exactly what he said when he said, what I'm looking for is a mother. Like that's that's what I want. I want somebody who just takes care of me all the time and I don't have to do anything in return. That sounds pretty awesome, which I mean I – no, I wouldn't even do – I wouldn't even want that anymore. I'm, I, I feel like at some point maybe it would have been like, that sounds nice. But now I'm just like, that sounds like – I just turn into a mindless blob. It doesn't sound like an interesting life at all to me. I don't know. What about you? Mm, it doesn't seem very interesting to me, too. Um, the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is like, yeah, it's not interesting to me. But at the same time, if he's, what, 25, 26, and he's never done any of this stuff for himself. Yeah. It's like you also can't expect him to know like she didn't even really ask if he knew how to cook like dude could have burnt the house down he forgot to turn he off left the, the stove, stove on. at one he point, left the stove you know? on yeah so it's like i i mean yeah we kind of make that assumption that as adults you can figure out cooking yourself but i don't know it's kind of dangerous probably don't want to just yeah. trust someone luckily it was an electric stove and not a gas stove yes <laughs> Right. So I don't know. It just seems like he should probably require a little bit of supervision so you could at least gauge right. I mean, his cooking skills. I, 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 I would say that too. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on team her. If I met a 25-year-old person, I would be yeah. like, okay, you can cook eggs. Like eggs is a handleable thing for an adult. Like I wouldn't I – would, I don't know that I would – I don't know that I would be like – I would be very surprised if an adult told me they couldn't cook eggs. But oh, I feel like I know people who don't. You even to this day, probably. You just put them in the pan and move them around until they're solid. <laughs> it's like there's literally nothing to it. Like it's cooking eggs. I'm not saying it, yeah, yeah spurting. But oh, how to poach an egg, make that perfect, um, you know, perfect over easy egg. Okay, that's tricky. Like if it's just like turn this egg into food. Like come on. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I I don't know. Some people could just be eating raw eggs. Then. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, speaking of younger men, uh, let's talk about Kara and Guillermo. Uh, Guillermo and Kara are going to Kara's mom's house to pick up their dog Cheeky and to meet the rest of Kara's family. Kara warns Guillermo on the way that her uncle will for sure threaten to beat him up. And it's uncertain if he actually means it or not. Guillermo says that he feels like he wants to vomit. Kara says her dad passed away a couple years ago, and since, her Uncle Mike has been a father figure. Guillermo just wants everyone to accept him. When they arrive at Kara's mom's, Rona's house, Mike warmly hugs uh, Guillermo, and everyone is full of smiles. But Kara's the one who brings up that Mike could fuck him up if he wanted to. Mike then says he feels like he knows Guillermo already because he's been stalking him on Instagram. And then we find out that Mike is a former private investigator. Guillermo feels a little bit nervous now, but apparently Guillermo passed the test. Kara then asks if any of them have concerns. Any concerns at all? Anyone? Mike says he just wants them all to be happy and just to take care of each other. Specifically, you know, talking about the job and money situation. Guillermo wants to have a big house like Rana. Rana tells, uh, thinks that they're a little naive, and she questions whether Guillermo will be able to financially provide. Mike thinks that he's a good judge of character, and so far, he feels like Guillermo is a good guy. All right, so why do you think Kara was like, really, she was like trying to stir the pot here? Yeah, I couldn't figure that out. I, I feel like 
here's what I mean. This is my conspiracy theory of this is Mike Mm -hmm. and Rana weren't bad. They were fine. They were being perfectly pleasant. They were nice. And production was like, yo, Kara, you have to. um, We need we need some drama here. And so because I noticed that when she said she said like something. Well, do you have any concerns? Like who asks that in a conversation? Who? Right. Introducing your 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 partner to your family or like, hey, here they are, and, and you know they're nervous, and you know things are going. Just be like, I just wanted to at this point ask if you guys had any concerns about him. <laughs> here, let me bring up some potential uh, answers here. Yeah, exactly. You may be concerned about his young age, maybe the fact that he doesn't have a job. You're like, why are you giving them ammunition? <laughs> right. It's it. So I I just think it was. I just think they're nice enough people that it was going exactly how these kind of meetings should go. And production was right. like, no, 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 we need, we need, we need garbage here. Please, please give well, me garbage. I thought it was also ridiculous that Kara was like, Mike will really fuck you up. And it's just like, why are you telling him that? And then Mike was so nice to him and she's like, well, you know, um, Mike could still, you know, are you sure you don't want to beat him up or something? Right. Like really like baiting them all. And yeah. it's just like, what well, I mean, is happening it's here? It also kind of speaks to, it's like, well, every guy I've ever brought home, Mike threatened to beat him up. And it's like, maybe that says more about the guys you continuously bring home than it says about <laughs> Mike. Like maybe he's like, well, I wasn't going to threaten to beat him up. He's not a shithead like all the other people you brought. Like, come on. I know. I thought he was easy to win over too. Yeah. Because he wasn't, it was just like, I'd like to earn money to have a house. He's like, I like this guy. Wants money. <laughs> He's got a good head on his yeah. shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure also like his uh, Instagram stalking probably Turned was like he's a yeah. normal-ish dude. Normal-ish, respectable guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's not like posting crazy weird things or, you know. Yeah. Every The entire thing is – um, yeah, that's what we were – the entire – you know, the guy who's the entire – entire Instagram feed or different um, topless shots of himself. Like, now he's topless on a pier. Now he's... And with some other random, like, girl who's also half naked. Now he's on a boat. Now he's on a rock. Now Now he's next to a sports car. (laughs) But his shirt is never on for some reason. Like, just never no shirts. Yeah. All right. All right. So, moving on. Let's get to... Let's go to Bilal and Shida. So, Shida has been in the real house, not the prank house now, for a couple days. And today is the day that she's a little bit nervous for because she's going to meet Bilal's children. Now, of course, she's nervous because of the stakes of her her liking – them liking her or not liking her is pretty crucial to the relationship. So, the children come in and there's a big family hug followed by a large amount of awkward silence. They really, really went heavy on the awkward silences here. So Bilal also wants to make sure we know the stakes and how this relationship is basically dead in the water if the kids don't like her. So the conversation's still very stilted, very awkward. It seems like the kids are not trying to be judgy, but she's also not saying anything because, you know, they she's shy and the kids said the same thing. So in order to loosen things up, Yusuf suggests, well, let's go downstairs and like play a game like pool or something. And she's like, nah, I don't play games like at all. Wrong which answer. Is the wrong answer. Like, like, yeah. Bilal's like behind her being like, oh, no, bad answer. No. Right. Yeah. I think everyone. Why is that obvious to everyone? Yeah. Who's ever been around children? You just go yes. along. If you're with trying it. to win over a kid, like you? you go yeah. over with whatever they ask. They'll be like, yeah, no, I want to sit here and awkwardly stare at each other for longer. 
<laughs> so anyway, they do, she eventually relents. So while they're playing, um, they, they, you know, they kind of start talking about what they should call her. And she hopes that one day they'll call her Umi, which directly translates to mother. But the impression that I got from at least the way the show was doing it, I have no idea about Trinidadian culture. That mm-hmm. it's more like a broader term of respect that you like call, you know, the person who's not your mom, but is a mother figure. Yeah, kind of like a, I thought like an auntie, like auntie or yeah, auntie. Yeah. yeah, how everyone is like, oh, everybody's an auntie, but right. yeah. So the kids are like, yeah, how about just shut up for now? Um, maybe we'll table that. So <laughs> then they ask him whether she wants any kids and, you know, I mean, if she d- and she says yes. And when they ask when, she's like, that's kind of up to your dad who doesn't answer the question. He's like, no, oh, they asked you. So then they switch and we're stuck on this 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 kid thing. So there's 85, de- 85 desolate days left on the timer. And Shida calls her sister Judai for some advice. Specifically advice about how every time the topic of having kids comes up, Bilal just kind of is deflects and makes it go back to her. So she I hate that guy. Yeah. He didn't even Yeah, it was like things like, I don't know, I'm ready right now. What do you think, Bilal? And he's like, They didn't ask me. They asked you. Shut up. Like <laughs> Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. So um, anyway, because he, she feels like when she was in Trinidad, he was on board with having all these more ki- – all these kids and everything, you know, a second round. And now that they're here, he's like – So Judah's advice is that she needs to get herself together and like let him know exactly what her needs are. So Shida is very emotional of the thought um, about never having children that – you know, if this doesn't go her way, she's 37 and, you know, she's she's running out of time. All right. So, oh, I mean, this seems like an insurmountable problem, right? Because Bilal doesn't want kids. Yeah. No. And, and like, I don't understand why he can't have that conversation with her directly. This is not some young 20-something-year-old where they maybe have another 10 years before they should really, like, be concerned if it's not happening for them, mm-hmm. right? She's 36. Um, you know, it's, she's getting to an age where she's going to want to move on if she really wants to have kids yeah. and this is not the way. You know, whereas if you're in your early 20s, if, you know, you're with someone for another 10 years, no big deal. You know, you can just figure it out, move on, have kids with someone else. Right. You know? But if she spends 10 years with this dude, she's not having kids. Like, right. Yeah. And so it's just like I, it's not fair to, you know, kind of string her along, like not tell her no specifically but then also not reassure her that it's a yes because it isn't a yes. Yeah, it's not a yes. And – but that's just to me. He He's at the point where he's at maybe needs – maybe means no, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, – Yeah. Yeah, it's just – because I, mean, I was that way. You know, I started dating again in my, you know, late 30s and stuff and it was very – I was very upfront that I was with everybody. Not like, you know – like put it on the Tinder profile, like no, 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 no kids, but like very upfront. <laughs> no babies. It's, very, it's, it's a pretty early conversation that comes up when it, it's you know, you know what's what are your future here, especially as you get to that. People are getting to that age, 
Yeah. Right. And if you're dating age appropriate people as well, and he's dating someone who's age appropriate and thinking about, because, especially because she hasn't had children. Right. So this is something that she's thinking about. And I think it's very just like almost mean to just, you know, like you're going to deprive this person of something that she really wants. Right. And basically like have your way. It, it just yeah. it really makes me upset. It's it's not fair. You're tricking her into being in this relationship under false pretenses. Right. At the same time, always saying that you're the one who's concerned she's in it for the wrong reasons. Right? Yeah. Because he's, oh, I don't know if she's yeah. in it for she's in it for my money, the reason but she keeps he keeps saying, I don't know if she's in it for the right reasons. I think she just may be after my money. And she keeps saying, I kind of want babies. Babies. That's why I'm in this relationship yeah. is for babies. And he's like, I feel like yeah. it might be the money. And it's like, I feel like she's being very clear about what it is she's in this relationship right. for. And that's the one point that you're just like, yeah, let's table that. Yeah. Yeah. I just – I think he – thinks he has all the control in this relationship and that really also bothers me like the way he even like presents himself it just it's just seems like oh i'm in control of this i can do whatever i want it's me the one deciding everything it really bothers me that he calls her young lady when he's like annoyed or mad at her well young lady and it's just like she's your partner he's done it a couple times now i'm trying to think about doing that with with yeah with my girlfriend i was like no, I would never even, never. Yeah. And right? she's younger than me. Because right? it's condescending and so rude. condescending. It's like, young yeah. lady, are you trying to date another daughter? Is that what you're trying to get here? Because I feel like if you're trying to be in a relationship with someone, it's it's an equal it's an equal footing thing. So, yeah. no, I agree. I agree. And that's some of the most infuriating people are the people who are like, no, this is my relationship that I'm letting you be a part of. But at the end of the day, it's mine. <laughs> Yeah, Ugh. N- yeah, not a fan. He's definitely bottom of my list right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to Ari and Binyam. So Ari and Binyam have arrived in America with their son, Avi. The flight was long and they are exhausted. Uh, and Binyam, it ends up mostly took care of Avi on the flight while Ari tried to sleep. Ari's parents meet them at the airport with a welcome sign just for Binyam for some reason. Ari's, Ari's dad is excited to see them since he hasn't seen Avi since he visited Ethiopia when Avi was first born. Ari's mom is wearing light-up glasses that are American-themed. They have a joyful welcome as Binyam says he loves his sign, and Ari's mom warns him that the family is crazy. Just check out the glasses she's wearing. <laughs> He's in for some wholesome craziness, as Ari points out. Uh, and she also says that she guarantees no one from her family will throw a glass of wine in his face. Ari and Binyam get to the apartment that Janice has set up for them. The apartment is large and Avi is running around like he owns the place. Janice has even stocked the fridge. They don't have much furniture and they didn't set much up because uh, Ari's parents wanted Binyam and Ari to have the chance to choose and set things up and decorate as they chose. Ari's parents have paid for the first month's rent, so... That's great, but Ari's a little worried about paying for the apartment after this month because she says it's kind of expensive, especially since Binyam is unable to work. Ari says that they're expecting to be able to start over and work on their relationship, and that's really great, but now it's hitting her that, how are they going to be able to financially survive? Okay, why do you think Ari hasn't thought about financials until now, when they're actually in America having to survive? I think that was the issue, is I think she was like, I think 
Hmm. So I think she's thought about financials. I just think what her understanding of their financials are, what her parents' understanding of what their financials are (laughs) is very different. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, mom, thanks for getting us the most expensive apartment in town. That was awesome of you. Now I have to pay for it. Well, isn't – yeah, but isn't the reason why they got that apartment is because it's in the same apartment community as her parents are living, I thought. And like that was the whole thing. They're trying to like – be near each other so uh you know janice can help with child i'm sure it's princeton new jersey i'm sure there's plenty of apartments within a half mile or a mile radius of where this specific apartment complex is they just Mm -hmm. and i i I agree with it she was like i wouldn't have even gotten a two-bedroom we can't afford a two-bedroom and she trusted her mom to like hey pick something for us because we're not there and then and she and she got in was like mom we can't afford what you picked out what the shit man I, yeah. And and I think that's that's more of her concern with the financials is like I kind of had a financial plan for you know two thousand a month. You picked a place that was three thousand a month. Kind of throws my financials off. Like, yeah, I kind of think that maybe she made the assumption that her parents were going to contribute more than they did. Yes, especially especially when your mom gets the place that's more expensive than you wanted to, and was like, so like mm-hmm. two months, you guys will be paying for it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like. <laughs> With what, mom? Like, what are you talking about? He can't get a job. I don't have a job yet. And like, you picked a place that was well above our means. And that's like, so I think she was Mm -hmm. kind of mad at her mom. I don't think she had not thought of any financial aspects at all. Maybe she had. They kind of, that's definitely what tends to be people's impression of her on the online, right? On Reddit and stuff. People really, really hate this woman. But I think she get I think she gets a bad edit on things, and I think it's things like this where it's like, oh, you just thought your mom was gonna pay for the apartment the whole time, and she was like, no, I thought I would. My mom would pick an apartment that she knew I could afford, or I could, you know, afford with a job that I can get. Because the other thing too is her dad can totally get her a job, right? Uh, maybe. I mean, she's not a medical professional, and I mean, that's what he does, so... Oh, I feel like he'll get And she, isn't she, like, a writer or an editor yeah, or something he, like he that? Could, he, could, he could get her a receptionist job if he wanted to, somewhere. Uh, yeah, like, maybe. The, like the hospital receptionist, you know, like the, 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 you know, the people in the front of the doctor's office, not the ones who are taking the blood pressure and things like that, the ones who are processing your insurance and... Yeah, uh... Okay, I feel like she said that she had, like, what, $2,000 saved? Well, that's not a month. Like, yeah. No, I was going to say, how is that any money? Yeah, that doesn't last you a month. That's not even going to pay rent for a couple months, like, unless you're renting a room out of somewhere. I mean, rent in general is freaking No, rent's going – housing for everything, whether it's rents or mortgages or whatever, it's all going – it's all going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought they kind of spoke to you, though, because you made fun of the electric glasses. But, you know, you have a thing for electric glasses. You don't. <laughs> I have electric glasses, but I just thought it was funny that Janice is like, check out these glasses. We're crazy. It's like, OK. <laughs> I don't I don't think you understand Binyam's family. This is not the kind of crazy that he's concerned about. <laughs> right. We're so wacky with our decorations. It's, it's like nobody's throwing wine in your face. Nobody. <laughs> accusing you of stealing babies <laughs> so all right i'll tell you actually you know what last thing i wanted to say to you, you know what i appreciated from ari i will give her this she said the name of the airport they were at that always makes me happy when they do that she says we're here in jfk we made it to new york oh 
I'm always, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm always trying to figure out what airport are they in? Did they drive to Philadelphia? What's going on? Yeah, that would be the cl- well. I guess depends on what p- there. Princeton is in the middle of New Jersey. Yeah, right? so I guess you could go so either really way. Could go either yeah. way. Yeah. All right. So last up is Patrick and Thais. So it's two days before Thais arrives, and Patrick is making things more comfortable her for her. With a cute fluffy puppy, which we see for like three seconds. And we see John go like, you know, as a dog, eh? Right? <laughs> and then we switch to Brazil and we meet Thais in person. So we see, you know, another side of a video call where she's talking to Patrick and she's packing all of her things. And she tells us this is the first time she's ever been dated an American. And it was an unusual experience because they matched on Tinder. And like instead of like just explicitly asking to – for sex, he like took her to dinner and stuff. So she was like, wow, look at this. Like, he said, that's what I get. She said he asked her dinner. And that's not what Brazilian guys do. So I connected some dots there. Anyway, <laughs> we get to see her interact with her family as well. First, she has lunch with her grandmother and her little sister, who was like a little sister, still very much a child. It was, for, it was she's a half sister from her mom's second marriage. So grandma says that she's happy that Thais is following her dream, but she'll miss her. And from the sounds of it, um, you know, it seems like a bigger concern than grandma is Thais's dad, who has been very threatening and intimidating to all the other boyfriends she's ever had. And right now, he thinks that Thais is just going for a visit to America and not moving there and getting married. So now she wants to tell him about, about the actual truth of this. But of course, dad, whose name is Carlos... He doesn't like Patrick because he has a lot of stereotypes about American men who think basically they come down to Brazil to be sex tourists. So he starts to go on and on about like, what are your plans when you're up there? And she starts to get super defensive and then says, I'm caught. I promise I'm coming back. I'm coming back. She just can't get up. She can't do it. She can't um, bring herself to tell him about the impending marriage. So Carlos now doesn't know how long she's going to be there. And we he talks to the producers and becomes very emotional on camera about how um, scared he is for her. So he still doesn't – she still doesn't know when she'll tell Carlos the truth, but she still feels like this whole situation is the right decision for her. So next up, we see Patrick giving himself primped up to go to the airport to pick up Thais. So he's putting on his Rolex, which he like not so subtly like picked up two watches. I'm like, oh, I think I'll wear the Rolex today. Like, yeah, has lots of spa treatments that including back waxing and now he's all ready to go. He also has some champagne ready for when she arrives and he gets it out, out in front of John, who Thais is not excited to live with at all. Well, that's a problem that's going to have to wait because, of course, he gets in his, like I said, of course, Tesla to bring flowers to the airport in hopes that, you know, he'll be getting lucky tonight. So he gets to the airport and is waiting at the wrong escalator. So production sees her like way before he does, and then, but they still have the swelling music and their big hug and – she tells us she doesn't intend to tell Patrick that her father doesn't know that they're getting married. That's yeah, and she's gonna she's gonna ignore the bad vibes as long as possible. So she God. see she ended up sends her dad a, vi- a video of the Tesla in self drive mode. She's like, look, it's driving itself. Which don't take your hands too far away from the steering wheel there, Patrick. And <laughs> he he kind of pretty quickly pivots to uh, so uh, when are we gonna have sex? In America for the first time. They've obviously done it before. Um, but her concern seems to be that like, is your brother going to like listen to us or hear us? Because 
Ew. Ew. That, that, that was very much her <laughs> reaction. Listen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Part of the reason she didn't want a roommate in the first place. So then they start, they talk a little bit more about that and John living there. And uh, she's already laying on the table. It was like, well, you know, I could always go back to Brazil. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we already touched on that. Bad idea not to tell dad. So when's the right time to tell dad? Uh, okay. Um, immediately? <laughs> because she was straight up lying to him about everything. Like... I promise I'll be back. It's like, oh, God, you promise? That's not good. Like, what are you doing? Oh, and then poor dad is, like, all emotional and stuff. And I get that it is especially difficult to tell this specific person because I I could just – I could tell, like, how he got so emotional about her and he thinks this is just a visit. I can't even imagine what he would think if – you know, it's like uh, if he knew well, that she was I, getting I feel married. Like he thinks she's getting bought into some sex ring, like yes, sex slavery I think ring. So too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I also feel like he's thinking she's getting human yes. trafficked because, and then she's like, "I wonder what he got where he got that idea from." And it's just like, uh, because people like Colt <laughs> and Paul, like you got these assholes, these asshats, like on this show, like bringing women from Brazil and like. Just being terrible human beings. It's like, yeah, that's where he got the idea. And it could very easily go that way. Like, we don't know enough Pat- about Patrick to know if, I mean, the one thing we can say. No, he has a nicer uh, house than know, either of those guys. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's not as weird as Colt and Paul. And he actually has things going for him, like a career of some kind and like stability. Um, and as far as we know, not a criminal record because I think. Paul. Oh had yeah, he did. He did some a, weird crime. A cheating, a cheating at sports record, but you know. Yeah, I don't they, know that's that. Not the same thing. Yeah, that's not the counts same thing. as anything, not. but right. So it's just like, yeah, you wonder where your dad gets this idea from. It's from you know things that have legitimately this is happened. Also, one of the reasons you don't want to be like I scare your boyfriend's dad because you stop hearing about boyfriends. And you stop knowing what's going yeah. on in their life. Like, I don't know. It's just that 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 controlling dad vibe that always gets me. Like, you know, the my dad's a, he'll beat the crap out of him. He'll he threatens all my boyfriends. Like, yeah, that's not okay. Like, treat them like people. I just don't understand why people don't treat other people like people in normal ass situations. Like, yeah. why are you coming there like my job is to make sure my daughter's boyfriends all hate me and are scared of me. That sounds like a way to keep her close. Like that's weird and like weirdly possessive and also not going to get you what you want. If you want a close relationship with your daughter, like outwardly hating all of her partners is a terrible way to go about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I I just – I don't know how she can really do this, you know, like figure this out with her dad because – I, I, you know, in an ideal world, she would be open and honest with him, but I don't know what he could do. I mean, she, at the end of the day, she's an adult, you know, and I think it's interesting that she's choosing to kind of shield Patrick from, you know, her dad, because she hasn't told Patrick that her dad doesn't like him, you know, and so she, Patrick thinks that, you know, her dad likes him and everything's fine. And... I kind of understand where she's coming from because uh, the last 
partner that my parents had met, they both hated him. And I never told him mm-hmm. that. They, you know, to this day, he does not know. <laughs> Even though he's my partner again. <laughs> but I never told him. And it was because it's like, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're adults here. And while you consider your parents' opinion, I also know that my parents are incredibly high standards, like, if not impossible standards. And, and I wouldn't even say impossible. I won't say that. Because the things that they are looking for, for me and a partner, are so damn specific. It's like, yeah, I could probably find someone like that. But then they would probably be a worse partner in a lot of other ways that you don't care about or consider. You know, so it's like what they're looking for, what I'm looking for, not the same. Well, thing. and that's the thing is, is it just seems like what Carlos is looking for here is someone that doesn't want to screw his daughter. And it's like, well, then that's not going to be a part. <laughs> I feel like you're like, wait, wait, you're the guy who's trying to have sex with my daughter. I don't like you. This is bad. You're bad. Right. I don't like that. And I was like, well, yeah. you're going to have a hard time having your daughter bring home a partner that doesn't like <laughs> isn't interested in that yeah. at all. Unless he's like asexual or is like just uh trying to hide his homosexuality yeah, yeah. he wants his daughter to yeah to, to, to do that like but the, and so you know what i'm saying it's just I, I think you're right in that usually happens among people who have like weirdly specific or weirdly high standards he just has the mm-hmm. fact that you want to date my daughter put you on my shit list yeah right <laughs> it's like and that and so when she, of course she's not going to tell him because it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter because it doesn't matter. You could be yeah. the most amazing, wonderful, rich, kind, giving, amazing person in the history of the planet. And my dad would still hate you. So what's the point yeah. of telling you he hates you? Like it doesn't matter. Right. But she still needs to not be lying to her yeah. dad. This just oh, yeah. seems it's, like it's, future oh, disaster. Like, 90 days. Like we – it's – She's going to get married in less than in less than three months, oh and gosh. she's just like oh I'm visiting. Um, okay, so for as much as Patrick has like all these nice things going for him, why did his flowers look so busted? I think he got him too early. Like I think he, I think I don't know how far he was because it was the Austin airport. Like I just think they were, I yeah. think they were busted because they went through some shit, like. <laughs> I don't think he was careful enough with them and he like left them, didn't like leave them in a vase and stuff like that. And like it just got gross. It, they kept on doing close-ups of them and I'm just like, oh, these are not good looking flowers. I can't even identify what flowers these are supposed to be. Which I guess, I don't know. I, I didn't, I don't, I don't find, I'm not a flower person myself, right? I just kind of like, which ones look the healthiest? Yes. And has the right color mix and things like that. I don't – yeah. There's a kind of, I think, a growing trend of like these kind of like uh, flowers that look like look like wildflowers. Oh, almost sure. Almost like bohemian. Ooh, but were you they – they weren't bluebells though, were they? No, they weren't even bluebells. That's like a Texas thing, right? No. They were yeah. purple but like some kind of indistinguishable flower. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> Whatever it was was kind of wilty and beet looking. Yeah, that's so. – yeah, my, that my money's on didn't keep it in a vase – didn't keep it in a vase, just like had it for hours, just like sitting out on the counter and was like, oh, yeah, we'll bring this out. Right. Just like, I guess, well, I guess the same yeah. thing he was going to do with the champagne that he got out of the refrigerator before we went to the grocery store. I mean, before he went to the grocery store, the oh, uh, the airport. I was like, I feel like that champagne's going to yeah. warm up, dude. Uh, okay. So we did not hear from Jabro- Jabroni. That's, that's, I oh hear God. it, though. I, I like it. 
I yeah, want just to call them jabroni. I want to call them that because it's like kind of a mix of their. It names. is j- Jabri and Miona, so like Jabrona. <laughs> Okay, so we didn't hear from them. Uh, so who was your student um, of the week? I just feel like I, I maybe maybe I have to stop doing this because I feel like it's the default of uh, I didn't really like anybody. So Eve, right? Like so. I didn't because <laughs> I did like how she was just like, all right, go make your breakfast, okay? Because at the end of the day, like if he wants to get taken taken care of and he wants somebody to pay attention, the worst person I could imagine going to. Like, I want all their attention. I want all their effort. Is someone who has a special needs child, like, you're not oh, getting know, all their right? effort. Like, there's somebody else that they must take care of. Right. Well, that's interesting they should say that because I was kind of like uh, most of the family members yeah. was my student of the week. I, mean, I know that's also a cheap way out. But, like, Kara's family, Eve's son, oh, yeah. like, they were super, like, welcoming True. to the partners. True. Yeah. All I right. How about your Thais. dad? Yeah. I did too. It's like lying to your dad, like straight up. I'll be back, dad. It's like, yeah. oh God, you know you're not going to be back. That's like the meanest thing yeah, you can say. It's just the lies. Like I know, and I know you you especially always get, get on people who are lying, but she's lying to both sides of these people. She's lying yeah. to Patrick. She's lying <laughs> to her dad. And it's like, it's not good to start a relationship off on just lies. No, it does make me question people's character when it's so easy for them to lie. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, what is your so life, my life lesson? was kind of directed at a lot of the family members. Emily's dad said something about it. You know, Ari and Binium, that one came, it came up with them, came up with Guillermo. And like, I don't know. I can't exactly put my finger on why it did. But there's more to a relationship than being a provider. Like, and that should yeah. not be mm-hmm. like the way you're assessing. Like, I feel like people should be able to take care of their own shit, but I don't think it's going to – but I don't think it should be, well, what are you going to do to provide for my daughter? And it's like, ah, what? That's funny that you should say that because that's actually why my parents hated my partner back oh. in the day because he was unemployed and they were would, very upset about that. I would not want a, my daughter to be with a partner that could not provide for themselves – they could not take care of themselves that 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 my right. daughter was going to have to provide for. Then I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. Oh, well, I wasn't providing for him. He wasn't mooching off of me, but they did not yeah. like that. So they were just like, this bomb. <laughs> and they never got out of that, even when he eventually got a job. I mean, it, it wasn't like he was choosing to be unemployed. He had lost his job and it was very difficult for him to find something that was as well paying as what he had had. And so he he was a little selective and maybe unemployed longer than most people would feel more comfortable with. My parents did not like that. And it's just like they still they're just like in their mind to this day. Slacker, they think of him slacker. as a bum. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, so that, that's what it comes down to is it because it, it also just reminds me of that gross like, you know, dynamic of man is provider, woman mm-hmm. is caretaker. Like and that's right. that's not the way yeah. it should work anymore. Right, right. Okay, so my uh, life lesson is actually aimed at – oh, gosh, I'm forgetting your name. Shida. Uh, You you can't expect instantaneous love and respect from children or really, for that matter, anyone. It's – it should be the goal and you should obviously be working towards that, but you shouldn't be offended or resentful 
um, because, you know, they're not rushing to love and respect you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just – Shida bothered me and it's just because she's a shy person and I'm not a shy person mm-hmm. that I'm just like, mm-hmm. why, for the love of God, woman, talk to these people. They're there in front of you. Just talk to them like a normal person. Just why are you not saying anything? Just ask them how their day at school was. Literally anything. Just talk. <laughs> But I think that it was like kind of unreasonable, like knowing kids to say no to a child and then expect them to love you and respect you like in the same yeah, hour. That's true. It's right. like, oh, you're going to need to do more than that. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to be calling you mom anytime yeah. soon. Like, yeah, that was so weird. Just, no. Yeah. I don't play games. It's such a weird thing to say. Yeah. Like, you don't play any games like that's a i'm okay i don't like to play games that are like competitive i don't i don't know why it just it makes me feel away and so but i will you know i just like i will if other people are doing it, it's a social thing but i would never kind of go out of my way to like hey let's play a game like i just no but yeah. it's definitely a and i got what the kid was doing was going for it because that's what a normal social interaction yeah. is is like wow we right. don't have anything to talk about right now and it's awkward and quiet let's just like have an activity yeah. that we somebody there's something to keep us our minds on we can something sure. to you know, it's part of the conversation. And that's what that's what I feel like the social games are like good for and stuff too. You like, all right, well, yeah. we don't have to focus on how we're all sitting here not talking to each other because this is weird. Let's let's have a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Well, she clearly did right? not pick up on that. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we will be back with uh, a subset of this group probably yeah. next week. Oh, uh, oh, and then you know what I was thinking. Uh, so next week is uh, we will be remote from each other at least. But then the two weeks after that, we will be in person because we have a period yep. coming up. Um, I was thinking about doing like a, a different format, like a, like a watch a segment and then like our immediate reaction okay. after it since we'll I'm be down. in the same room. So uh, we'll, we'll think about it and work it out. But, All you right. know. Yeah. Yeah. Be exciting times <laughs> since we'll – be right. reunited. Oh. Okay, until next yep. week, we'll see though. Everybody then. Okay. okay, bye. Bye.